Marvelites, welcome to episode number 39 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast for news, new releases, information, and I got nothing else, really, for had, this week. It had to happen. Yeah. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Ben Morris, Associate Editor of Marvel.com, joined by... Associate Producer Blake Garris, joined by... The lone intern, Kristen Maldonado. It's mm, a good nickname. <laughs> yeah. Good nickname. All the others have fallen. Yeah, so this is the first podcast in weeks where we've all been together. How's it feel, guys? You ready for this it's good. action? Teamwork. Feels right. Feels right. Yeah. Because we're all here, we don't need other interns anymore. No. Just alpha intern Kristen Maldon. Yeah, she's killed the other interns and taken on their properties, absorbed their life spirit forces. Hopefully not all their properties, because... Yeah, no, you don't want some of those. No. Yeah. I'd rather not have those here on today. Thankfully, you're not as hairy as Anthony. Oof. It's always good. All right, so... uh, terrifying visual. If you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel... We are going to run down all the new comics, whether they're print or digital, all the collections, print and digital, and then we'll talk about some new releases in terms of games or movies, TV, and hit the news, and then we'll touch on your questions and comments. If you have questions or comments about Marvel or the podcast, tweet them to us using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. We get tons, and we will add yours to the list and talk about it next week. All right, I think we should just dive right into comics. Ben, you start us off. Amazing Spider-Man number 690, written by Dan Slott, with art by Giuseppe Camincoli, with help from Klaus Janssen and others. Uh, this is part three of the no-turning-back storyline pitting Spider-Man against the Lizard, although in this issue, Spider-Man spends the bulk of the issue tracking down Morbius, the living vampire who has been sent on a blood spree by Kurt Connors, a.k.a. the Lizard, who is now in Kurt Connors' body but still possesses the Lizard's mind. Things get pretty grisly, they get pretty gruesome. Kirk Connors is looking for a way to transform himself back into the lizard while he's got Spidey distracted. So he gets up to some pretty horrific stuff back at Horizon Labs, some horrible experiments. Some of the people at Horizon Labs become his unwitting victims. But we also get a kind of interesting emotional glimpse into what's going on with Kirk Connors now that he is human again, even though he has the mind of the lizard, how he feels about certain emotions, certain sensations, and there's a battle raging within by the time we get to the end of this issue he's gonna have a choice to make spider-man has to figure out how to deal with morbius also gets a curveball thrown his way by madam webb so there's gonna be a lot of big decisions and big choices to be made next issue in the conclusion of no turning back which has been a great dark but entertaining storyline all the way through over in astonishing x-men number 52 we get a super creepy issue it's written by marjorie lou with art by mike perkins and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta on various parts. Mike Perkins does the sort of present stuff. Gabriel Hernandez-Walta does these little flashback sequences. And it really creates a great juxtaposition Mm -hmm. between the two because Mike's art is just disturbing as all hell. He came off that long run on The Stand, and he's still bringing that horror feel to this story. Uh, It's just gross. There's some nasty stuff in this book. Really well done, as always. And it involves Karma, who is in a bad way. She has been seemingly done some bad things to her fellow X-Men. She's had a run-in with the Marauders. Wolverine's got a bit of a problem inside him. And there's all these other things. Then you flash back to these really beautifully rendered scenes from just a couple days ago by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. And it's cool. There's this great interaction between Kitty and Karma. That's a callback to the early 2000s limited series Mechanics, 
with an X at the end. It is, is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. They co-starred in that. Wow. I didn't actually read that book, but I remember coming out and the whole thing was about them going to the University of Chicago together, which they reference in here. Humph. So had no Marjorie Lou. Yeah. Piece of X-Men trivia. But for me, one of the coolest things is a cameo by the American Museum of Natural History, which is one of my absolute favorite places in New York City. And I love New York. And this place, I'm a member there. We've done some really cool stuff with AMNH for Avengers vs. X-Men AR executions. We're going to do more stuff with them. So it's really cool to see the museum pop up in this great comic. But then you get a sense of how things came together, why Karma is where she is, what happened. So a lot of back and forth. Great stuff with Warbird in this issue. She's a fun character yeah. for Marjorie and, the, and everybody to play with because she's this fish out of water or this bird out of the air. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's the equivalent. Yeah, and really funny because she doesn't get Earth culture and then boom, 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 nasty stuff leading up to what's to come in the next issue. And, you know, just an issue ago... We had the big wedding of North Star and Kyle and all the other stuff, and it's, man, things, flip turned upside down. Things changed. We had a nice chat with Marjorie while we were out in San Diego. Blake got to meet her, and Blake really, she's one of his favorite writers now. I actually didn't meet her at all. Yes, you did. You said hello to her. I did not. Marjorie is awesome. She's a great person, and she's also a fantastic was, writer. Blake told me that he was a big fan. Now. Someone talked to her. Did yeah, you talk to her? I talked yeah, to yeah. her, and then I thought afterwards I introduced her to you. Yeah. Well, you didn't introduce and then afterwards you were talking about you were like, I, I guess you were just, because of the interview, you were saying, oh, she seemed really cool, and I enjoyed her stuff. She was chatting in our area, and then a fan came over, mm-hmm. who I had talked to earlier in the day. It was really sweet. And she had a comic that she really wanted Marjorie to sign, but she was too nervous to kind of come over. And I was like, come on, come on, come on. And I introduced them, and they chatted for a little bit. It was really cool. I love stories where you come off as the hero. That's every story. Thank you very much. (laughs) Meanwhile, in AVX, The Avengers, specifically Avengers number 28 by Brian Michael Bendis, drawn by the legendary Walt Simons, and the focus this time around is all on Red Hulk, General Thunderbolt Ross. Basically what happens here is... Red Hulk is tired of what's going on in AVX. He's tired of the Avengers getting their butts kicked. He's tired of Captain America not taking the fight. And he's tired of being used as just a tank, just a Hulk. So he decides, you know what? I am a military man. I am highly decorated. I know my stuff. I'm going to go and solve this problem by going to Utopia, sneaking in as General Ross, and assassinating Cyclops. That is the thrust of this issue, is Red Hulk going to kill Cyclops. Love it. And then... What happens, it's really, I mean, it's, it's awesome insight into the mind of General Ross, but then it's just, you know, it's kind of those, why didn't someone think of this? Why didn't someone think, oh, I'll just go to Utopia and take out the head, and then that'll solve this whole problem? And you find out why nobody has done that yet due to what happens. But there's also <laughs> a great X-Men versus Red Hulk fight. Just brutal stuff. The tone and tenor of ABX, you know, it started out as kind of this even-keeled, fun, back-and-forth punch it out thing has now really become like you know the x-men are so powerful and the avengers are such underdogs and this issue really captures the tone of that perfectly and and gives you a glimpse of kind of where the x-men are at and also again who's right and who's wrong here because general ross is basically like i'm gonna go kill a guy and cyclops is just like i'm gonna fix the world so (laughs) it's a lot to think about it's a good issue and of course beautifully drawn by Walt Simonson, who gets to draw all the Avengers in this big spread, which I really pretty great. Captain America, number 15. First part of a new arc, New World Orders, which is a 
I believe, Ed Brubaker's final arc for <gasps> Captain America. Cullen Bunn is co-writing this arc, but this is really Ed Brubaker bringing to a conclusion a bunch of the stuff he's been building up for the last year and even longer than that. It's drawn by Scott Eaton. We see some of the plans of Codename Bravo, the Queen of Hydra, and Baron Zemo are starting to come to fruition as Cap and the Falcon take on a new group called the Discordians, who are pretty cool. And at the same time, the overriding thing here is that America has basically started to lose faith in Captain America. He has not racked up a win in quite some time, and Cap, Steve Rogers himself, is kind of thinking, you know, maybe be my time has come and gone. So and that's particularly coming off the last storyline, the Scourge storyline, where there was a tragic conclusion to that. Cap lost some friends. Some others were hurt. He's starting to question whether he has what it takes, and Bravo and his group may be psychologically among the most difficult threats Cap has ever faced. So we see where he's at in this issue, how he's trying to deal with his friends, how he's trying to deal with his enemies, and just Cap with his back up against the wall. And Brubaker's been doing you know, maybe the best Captain America run of all time. It's all winding down here. You'd be doing yourself a disservice if you did not check in on it. Captain America and Iron Man number 634. I love this issue. I love this issue, too. Loved it. Super good. Oh, man. Number one reason? Batrock. Batrock's brigade. His entire brigade's there. I mean, Batrock is like a home run. Batrock's brigade is like three grand slams. Yes. All of that and more. Yeah. It's great. All the Batrock stuff is super fun. It's written by Colin Bond. Great art by Barry Kitson, Mm. Jay Lyston, and Javier Tartaglia. And what I really liked about this is... If you've seen Marvel's The Avengers, these characters, specifically in this book, really sounded to me like I I was reading this and I heard Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark in this book. I heard Chris Evans as Steve Rogers in this book. I heard their voices when I was reading this book, but still within the Marvel's, you know, regular comic book universe. That was really cool. It was really fun. It was a great issue. Great interactions between Cap and Iron Man. Yeah, the banter is fantastic. So good. And also a big thing in this issue is there's a threat that basically nullifies Tony's armor. So Tony can't be Iron Man. And Captain America kind of is like, all right, well, you stay on the sidelines and figure your stuff out because I'm Captain America and I can fight. I don't need armor. And the way Tony Stark takes to that is fantastic. And yeah. it leads to even more great moments between the two of them. Seriously. All that leads to an awesome ending to the book with mm-hmm. an appearance by, you know, just one of the greatest characters in the history of comics. You got Batrock and that character in yeah. this one issue. This may be the comic of the year. Hey, Cullen Bunn. Nailed it. Yeah. You owe Cullen Bunn a fruit basket or something. Yeah. Along those fruit lines. Fruit basket. Dark Avengers number 178. We are still following the parallel stories of the Dark Avengers as well as the Thunderbolts. Written by Jeff Parker, Dark Avengers sequences illustrated by Declan Shelby, and Thunderbolt sequences illustrated by Kev Walker. In the present day, the Dark Avengers, with Luke Cage and Scar trying to keep a hold on them, are going after the Sultan Magus, who was introduced in Jeff Parker's Hulk run. That's a pretty intense battle. We get to see Ragnarok let loose. We get to see what Dark Spider-Man and Dark Scarlet Witch are capable of. And we see, of course, a little dissension in the ranks as is to be expected. And then, on the other side, we have the Thunderbolts stranded in a future they never made. (laughs) They now have no time machine, they are totally screwed, and they've got some familiar faces trying to track them down. So, some great fights there. And, man, Boomerang 
Boomerang in this issue gets some of the best lines, where he's just brutally frank because Doctor Doom trapped him in this future. Everyone's talking about, oh, we're going to go back and kill Doom. We're going to get Doom for this. And Boomerang just says, I'll probably vow to do it and then get sidetracked and never do anything about it because <laughs> other stuff will happen. I appreciate that, Boomerang. Yeah. So it's a fun issue. Jeff Parker knows how to do it. Well, you got really intense right there. Yeah. Over in Deadpool number 58, Daniel Way's run's coming to an end, guys. Yeah. Sad, but he's going to go out with a bang as he always does. We've got a great issue by Daniel Way, Salva Espin. You've got Deadpool versus Black Box, Black Swan, and another character with the word black in their name appears in this book. It's pretty awesome. You've got Deadpool who, yeah, he's down and out because he doesn't have his healing factor and the pluses that gave him the advanced everything. But he's on a toilet. He's got no pants on in half the issue. He's got a beard in other parts of the issue. Yep. And he still kicks ass. Yep. It's, it's a Blake awesome. Garris story. It, it is Really, it's like your life story. On the toilet with a beard, kicking butt. Yeah. Terrific, just super fun issue. Salva Espin, man, so good. It's coming a long way, baby. So good. He has some great facial expressions in this book above, you know, a whole bunch of other things. But really looking forward to seeing where this goes, especially with the character who shows up at the end and who we're going to see next issue. Yeah, you look all cockeyed, Ben. I know what you're thinking. All right. Over in FF number 20 by Jonathan Hickman with... Art by Nick Dragota and colors by Chris Sotomayor. There's so much stuff going on here, as in pretty much every issue of FF or Fantastic Four. You've got Black Bolt and Inhumans action. You've got the future Franklin Richards and Valeria Richards having amazing interactions with their present-day selves. You've got some really fun stuff with the Future Foundation classes and the kids learning and Reed Richards and the Light Brigade, who are the crew that Johnny Storm fought with in the negative zone all kinds of fun stuff it's one of the more fun i wouldn't say lighthearted, but fun issues of ff because it's you know there's a lot of heavy stuff going on pretty much every issue but there's a lot of fun stuff in here and man nick jergota draws one hell of a lockjaw look at that guys it's quite a lockjaw see that is one look at that heck of a lock that jaw. tongue right there Oh my god, I just want to hug him and roll around in the dirt with him. This would be the perfect, belly. This would be the perfect time for one of our enhanced augmented podcasts once we get that going. I think somebody brings that up in the questions this right. week, so circle back. We'll yeah, circle we'll, back. we'll circle back. All right, listen. Incredible Hulk number 11. Jason Aaron, Dalibor Telegic. Stay Angry Part 4. I love Craven the Hunter. <laughs> he is one of my favorite villains, Marvel or otherwise in all of fiction ever i love his nobility i love his crazy outfit that he somehow pulls off and i love that he's strong but he's not super strong he's fast but he's not super fast so what he does is he uses his brain he's not super smart either but he's clever and cagey enough to use the tools at his disposal to do what his name says hunt down anybody in this issue once again, Bruce Banner has gotten the Hulk into a terrible situation. Super angry, super mad Hulk. He has dropped him in the Savage Land, and Craven the Hunter is on his tail. Craven uses some of his coolest tricks to, I mean, on paper, look at it. It's Craven, this normal guy in a leopard skin pantsuit. He rocks it. Which he owns against super strong, super angry Hulk. And within pages, Craven takes it to the Hulk. And it is awesome. And that's just the beginning of the issue. Then, 
they go on a search. The title of the story is The Search for the City of Sasquatches. Basically, Craven says, yo, Hulk, help me out here. I'm looking for the city of Sasquatches, which is where all the Bigfoot and everything else, they live in the Savage Land. It's a hidden city. Craven wants to find it. He wants Hulk's help to find it. We get this conglomeration of Sasquatch creatures. We get Wendigos. We get Bigfoots. We get Bog Monsters. Yetis. Yetis. We get Skunk Apes. There's so many creatures, I had no idea. We get Skunk Apes, which I think are an original Jason Aaron creation. I hope so. Where they basically just breathe on the Hulk, and their breath is so foul that he almost gets knocked out. So now you've got Hulk and Craven both fighting an army of Bigfoot creatures and fighting each other and Craven making a deal with Hulk where he's like, hey, I'll help you out and I'll make sure Banner doesn't get what he wants if you either A, kill me because he has a death wish and he hates the fact that he's back alive or get Spider-Man to kill me. So it's just wild and crazy. Every line is fantastic. I love the Hulk and stay angry. The whole characterization of like the just pissed off, grumpy dude who just gets dropped into these terrible situations by Bruce Banner. And he's like, oh, I can't let Banner win. If he becomes happy or if he becomes calm, he loses. And just add in this amazing Craven. I want Jason Aaron to write a Craven weekly series. And a million Bigfoot. The art by Dalibor Talajik is fantastic. So the good. color is great. The letter is great. Ah, this is comic goodness. It's just off the wall bonkers. And you don't need to know the rest of the storyline to pick it up. If you want to read a comic where a crazy jungle man fights the Hulk and then they fight an army of Bigfoot monsters and it's also funny and it's also action-packed and it's also beautiful, hey, I've got the comic for you. It's Incredible Hulk number 11. I'm going to give it a kiss. Ooh, I just kissed it. That's good. I love this comic. Very good. Oh, yeah. and now let's take a tour to a special segment we like to call Blake Garris's All Ages Corner where Blake talks about the All Ages Release of the Week. Blake? Hello, everyone. Today we have Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man number four. This is two stories. The first by Frank Thierry with art by Ramon Box. And the second is by Eugene Sohn with art by Nuno Plati. The first one, written by Thierry, is basically Peter Parker is invited to a baseball game by Nick Fury. He thinks he's going for a fun time. But in reality, Boomerang is the pitcher, and hijinks ensue, obviously. Boomerang's like, oh, just let me play this last game, and then I'll give up. And he doesn't, and Spider-Man makes a baseball bat out of his webbing, and all this cool stuff happens. It's pretty funny. The second one is a parade where Juggernaut and everyone's favorite, Batrock ruin the parade and we have tons of people like iron fist ben's favorite nova who else power man's here white tiger there's a really cool part where obviously in the parades there's usually a big spider-man float well in this parade there's an iron man float and they make some jokes about that and then they pretty much just beat up on juggernaut and bash rock it's really good awesome comic Thank you, Blake, for your All Ages Corner. We'll hopefully have this as a recurring feature. I like it. Yeah. Two things. One, at Marvel, Marvel employees get to help carry the Spider-Man float at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Blake, 
as this will be your first year at Marvel during Thanksgiving, are you going to take the float? I'm highly considering it. You should do it. You have to sign up soon. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. You should do it. Uh, You know, Tom Brennan has done it before. A bunch of other people have done it before, and I would love to get your insight. I don't want to wake up that early. Yeah. I'm not into that, but I think it's really cool that we do have that opportunity. So, Blake, I think I'm going to send you on assignment to do that. Sounds good. Great. Man on the ground. Two, I think we missed John Carter, Gods of Mars, because it was on our list last week, but it came out this week. Really? I believe so. Well, that's a clerical error. Clerical error, but... It was great. It was terrific. So freaking good by Sam Humphreys with art by Ramon Perez and colors by Jordi Belair. We don't have the issue in front of us, Mm -hmm. but I remember it because it's so good. It's in my brain chunk, and it was... You know, John Carter fighting for his love, fighting for his new home. You've got all this crazy stuff. He reveals who the villain is and shows that the people of Barsoom can work together when they're not really scared of something that doesn't exist. It's cool. It's a great, you know, twist on having that superstition and breaking the illusion. But then there's another twist with Dejah Thoris and John Carter, and it breaks your heart, and it's terrific. And I hope we do more of these. You guys should totally, totally read the John Carter books that we're doing. The comics are just fantastic. I don't care if you didn't like the movie, if you didn't see the movie, if you've not read the books. I actually really enjoyed the movie. I've never read the books. Love our comics. So that's my three cents on that. A little out of order there. But now we're at Mighty Thor number 17. This one is by Matt Fraction with art by Pepe Larraz and just really freaking amazing colors by Will Quintana in this. Uh, you know, it plays with a lot of the cool different hues that you can have in Asgardia and all these creatures. They're not so much earthy colors as these otherworldly colors, and it really stands out in this issue. But what I really loved about all this is that I felt good after reading it. There was like a positivity to the ending, which, yes. you know, we have sometimes, you know, when we talk about Rick Remender's books or Jason Aaron's books, a lot of, no, those guys put out really great stories, but they're just gut punches after mm-hmm. gut punches after stepping on your face. Yeah. And it's really... Fraction's such a nice guy. What? Matt Fraction's such a nice, <laughs> warm-hearted individual. Yeah, he just loves yeah. and hugs everybody. Yeah. But no, but in this issue, it, I was really psyched to see, like, okay, this arc ended, a lot of, the, you know, this was putting a cap on a bunch of things. And I was happy for a bunch of the characters in this. That was great. So, really, that's what I took away from this. It was a great story overall. Thor versus Enchantress and all these other creatures and all kinds of crazy stuff. Cool stuff with dreams, but happiness. Sometimes I just want that. Yeah. Who can blame you? Blake. Blake can blame you. Secret Avengers number 29, written by Rick Remender. Speaking of which, gut puncher himself. Art by Matteo Scalera. This is a return to the Secret Avengers team proper after we had that great Avengers vs. X-Men tie-in set over by Crew Space. Now we get back to the Secret Avengers mission. In this case, they are heading back into the country of Begalia, which is basically run by criminals. It's the Red Light Nation, as it was called in the point one issue of Secret Avengers. Secret Avengers have a lead that the Shadow Council are up to something in Begalia, and boy are they ever. We pick right up from where Ed Brubaker left off a little while ago with John Steele, who he reintroduced in his first issues of Secret Avengers. He is on the inside of the Shadow Council, trying to work for the Avengers. Things go horribly awry. We've got a new team of Masters of Evil, led by Max Fury, the twisted LMD of Nick Fury, and it's just a 
huge team of basically every villain they could get to come to this country, including the new Vengeance, including the Circus of Crime, the Wrecking Crew, a bunch of other heavy hitters. Seeing all of them interact is interesting. They do not get along all the time. But really, it's cool to see the Secret Avengers go to town. It's Hawkeye, Venom, Valkyrie, a couple others in this case, Ant-Man, storm in and basically do what they're going to do. Venom really takes center stage in this issue, as makes sense. Rick Remender is, of course, very close to Venom in his own title in this. And we'd see Venom have an interesting scene with Valkyrie. Get to see him have kind of a face-off with Hawkeye on the morals of whether or not Avengers kill. And we get to see a crazy fight, the beginnings of a crazy fight, between him and Taskmaster. So we have a lot going on in this issue. I was really excited to get back to all this stuff because I'm really interested in this huge story Rick's building as far as the Shadow Council, as far as his father and the descendants, which we get a look at in here. And he's got a lot of balls in the air, and they continue to circle here, and things are only going to get crazier from here on out. Ultimate Comics Ultimates, issue number 13, the first part of Divided We Fall in the Ultimates books. As my sheet says here, it was written by Samuel Ryan Humphreys. Or as we know him, Sam Humphreys. Wait, where did that come from? He probably was pulled from the solicitations on our site where we like to use Set. full, proper names. I had no idea he took my first name yes, as his middle name. He did. Thank you, out of, Sam. Out of tribute Aww, to you. That's so, so sweet. Samuel Ryan Humphreys, SRH, wrote this issue. And the art is by Billy Tan. Uh, the big news here, Captain America, ultimate Captain America, is back. And he makes an awesome triumphant return to action this is the fallout from the first year of the ultimate comics reborn where we've got the president's dead washington dc is a crater the sentinels have taken over part of the southwest texas freaking texas is trying to secede as their own country blake why would you let them do that i got nothing yeah you do got nothing <laughs> but anyways everything looks at its darkest the ultimates have essentially gone their separate ways, and Captain America in his own homemade armor just wades into the fray, starts kicking butt, it's awesome, it's inspirational, Tony Stark sees it and says, hell yeah, gets in a new Iron Man armor, flies out to help Cap, picks up Thor, we get the big three of the Ultimates, standing shoulder to shoulder, beating up Sentinels, and basically they're like, alright, it's time to take back our country, it's time to take back our world, and after a year of really just being on the losing end, against Reed Richards, against the children, against the Sentinels, against everyone else. The Ultimates have said, enough is enough. It's time for a change. We're going to get this done. And it's a really cool kickoff to this Divided We Fall storyline, which is promising big changes all around. And at the end, we get this gentleman, Mr. Morez, who seems to have something more to him, mm. who is manipulating a lot of the stuff in Texas and on the out. So just as we have mm. this big triumphant note of the Ultimates coming back, it looks like another somebody might be back who mm. could spell trouble for them. And, of course, in the future issues of Divide and Fall, we're going to see how the X-Men get involved, how Miles Morales gets involved. It's going to be a really fun crossover. I've spoken to Sam about this, spoken to Brian Wood about this. They have some really, really cool plans, so do check out Divided We Fall. Yeah, you know what I really love is that Sam came on and was co-writing with Jonathan, but he's picked up on his own and just taken off running with the book and he's doing a fantastic job Absolutely. so good job srh yep all right so Samuel over Ryan. over in uncanny x-force number 28 
all the good stuff I talked about before. Yep. Here's all that sadness. Yep. All that bummer thing that... Rick uh, Remender. Rick Remender. You've actually got back-to-back sad Rick Remender issues. It's great. So enjoy that. The, in Uncanny X-Force, it's written by Rick, but with art by... Really great art by Julian Totino Tedesco, with great colors by Justin Ponsor. And what's awesome... It is a future story. Yeah, I love future stories. Remember I said the Thunderbolts are currently in a future they never made? Yeah. This is X-Force in a future they never made. Yes. Well, they kind of made it. I don't know what that phrase means. I just like it. Yeah, no, it's a great great phrase. future they never made. Yes. But there's a lot of stuff. I don't want to spoil much of anything. Yeah. You've got two Deadpools. You've got Cable, Hope, Wolverine, all kinds of craziness. Deathlock, Insanity, the Punisher. Punisher. Ah, this is a great, terrific issue. I love future stories, and this delivers. It's also sad and a bummer and fantastic, and you gotta love it. So last week, Ben, while you weren't here, mm. I destroyed the interns by oh, rolling no. up comics and not caring about their condition because comics are made to be read. You, so I love this okay? so much. I'm gonna hit Blake with it. Who was yeah. most offended by this? I think I can guess. I think it was, was you, it right? I mean, I always like to read them, but I like to collect them and yeah. keep them afterwards. Keep them. Uh, listen to that. Listen to that. Are you doing this? What kind of monster are you? Yeah. You you're like. Keep them nice at you're the like. Same time. Here. You're like. You're like a Rick Remender comic. You're just yeah. heartbreaking. I'm just smacking it now against it's just, the table. Now it's just unnecessary. Because I love it so much. Now it's just unnecessary. I just wanna. I just wanna destroy it, and I will. Okay. All right. So. Let's get Venom. These over here. Yeah. Venom number 21 is the fourth part and a the fa- final. final part. I was going to say the fultimate. The ultimate. <laughs> the, no, let's go with fultimate. Fultimate. The, the fultimate issue part. of Savage 6, the right. just crazy thrill ride adventure down to Sadnessville for yeah. Flash Thompson, a.k.a. Venom. He has to go through Megatech and Toxin and Jack-O-Lantern all the way to get up to Crime Master mm-hmm. and... There's actually, what I love about it, he nails it. There's a feeling of victory through much of this, even in the midst of all the chaos and sadness. Also, I can't forget to credit Colin Bunn as co-writer on this and Mm -hmm. pencils by Lan Medina, inks by a bunch of people with colors by Chris Sotomayor. So many people involved in this this book. So good. Great, brutal, just horrible fights in this issue. The toxin stuff, which is toxin, is the symbiote that has taken over Eddie Brock. So it's Venom versus Toxin, and then the fallout of that is just, it's something. I mean, here's what happens. When you let Rick Remender, who just likes to crush spirits as if they were dirt, write a book, you give him Colin Bunn as a co-writer, who wrote the most depraved Wolverine story in years, and then on top of it all, their editor is the poster boy for depression, Tom Brennan. You know, you're going to get a great comic because they're all talented gentlemen, but it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be like a punch to the heart inside your body. Yeah, it's like your heart's punching itself. Yeah, it's like your heart formed a fist and then went back and punched itself in its heart face. Yeah. So good. In a a great way. Yeah. But, you know, Rick's time on the book is coming to an end. Cullen is taking over. Rick's got one more issue. Yep. Rick's going to do one solo issue, and then it is over to Cullen. Yeah, but the next issue I'm very excited for, Venom versus Jack-O-Lantern. Yep. Jack-O-Lantern has been, you know... The, the breakout Rick villain. elevated the hell out of Jack-O-Lantern in this book, mm-hmm. and it's, I'm excited to see that final issue. Right. 
Winter Soldier number eight, written by Ed Brubaker. Fantastic moody art by Michael Lark, inked by Brian Diaz with Stefano Guadiano, and colors by Mr. and Mrs. Brightweiser, Betty and Mitch. This is part two of the Broken Arrow arc. One of the remaining sleepers, one of the Cold War assassins trained by Bucky Barnes back when he was the Winter Soldier for the first time and was not in his right mind, has zigged where Bucky thought he was going to zag. He thought he was after him. Instead, he has abducted the Black Widow. This is Bucky and Jasper Sitwell basically racing to try to find the Black Widow. We also save Leo, who is the baddie of this arc, what he's up to with the Black Widow, what his plans are. But really, it's all about seeing Bucky at his most badass, you know, just beating the crap out of people, getting an insight into his mind, where he's at, why he needs Black Widow in his life so bad. It's beautiful. Uh, we talked before about how this is such a gorgeous book, particularly the colors. The, the Brightweiser is doing an incredible job, and it's tense. You really don't know what's going to happen. It's very high stakes, and it continues to just be one of the most kind of thrill-a-minute books out there. So Winter Soldier number eight on that one. Another AVX tie-in. Somewhat lighthearted, I thought, from the cover, but, man, it it gets crazy quick. Wolverine the X-Men number 14 by Jason Aaron with art by Jorge Molina. Colossus, Phoenix-powered Colossus, shows up at the Jean Grey school for a date with Kitty Pride, love of his life, and he kind of tries to reconcile with her, but you get in this issue a sense of just how much the Phoenix is affecting these X-Men, just the way Colossus talks the way his mood just goes all over the place. He is clearly not in his right mind. Kitty is well aware of this. We see Kitty Pride, you know, the most human of all the X-Men, our kind of point of view character, try to kind of reason and figure out what's going on here, but prove that even in the face of this terrifying man who she used to love, she has guts and she's going to stand up to him. We get the awesome makeshift X-Men team of Deathlock, Toad, Husk and Warbird trying to uh, fight off Phoenix-powered Colossus, which is interesting in itself. We get some great Toad moments, some funny oh. and kind of gross oh. Toad stuff. Oh. Uh, Every get... time you want to like sympathize with Toad and all the stuff he goes through, you just, you just go, oh, you're still a creeper. Yeah. yeah, you're still very creepy. Yeah, we get some good stuff with him and Husk. We get Toad trying to teach a class, which is just, you know, hilarity guaranteed. And we also, on the other side of things, we get... While Kitty is kind of trying to figure out what makes Colossus tick, we have a little bit of a confrontation between Iceman and Cyclops, where Iceman basically says to Cyclops, look, this is not what I signed up for, and a bit of a shift in some of the X-Men loyalties. So this is a very important AVX tie-in as we kind of, again, start to see what is happening with the X-Men. There's still various factions of X-Men. They're all individuals, and they're all thinking different ways, and having just last night read ahead and seeing a lot of stuff coming up in AVX, this is going to be an issue you're going to want to check out because it kind of sets the tone for a lot of things coming up. Yeah, Ben said he read all the read scripts all the, for read all, all the, the way to the end. All the the end of AVX. It is something. It, I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. But he was, good. He was sad. Oh, all right, man. so X-Men Legacy number 270, written by Christos Gage with art by David Baldion and great colors by Brian Reber. You've got Ms. Marvel... And a bunch of Avengers trapped in, well, I guess they're in this prison that Magic has created. It's Limbo on Earth. She yeah. has brought a piece of Limbo to Earth and used it to imprison the Avengers. Because she can do that now. Yep. And that's not going to cause any trouble for anyone. And 
Rogue comes there and she's like, wait, what the hell is going on? I've made a terrible mistake. And she wants to get Ms. Marvel out of the prison. Everything goes awry. She tries to take over a demon with her powers. That goes wrong. Magic totally just turns the table on Rogue. It's just, man, Christos Gage is just putting these characters through the ringer mm-hmm. in this arc of it's X-Men like Rick Legacy. Remender Jr. Yeah, well, he's his own man. Let's give him his just due. I don't like to. Yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, if you like Rogue, if you like Ms. Marvel, she's not Captain Marvel yet in this Weird, book. it's all confusing. Yeah, it takes place, you know, that's the thing with comics. One story could take place over one day, but last six issues, while another yeah. story could come out in the middle of those and, you know, take place at a different point in time. You have to understand that Things are a little bit more yeah. fluid than just strict every week a, a story comes yeah. out. I mean, yeah, when I was reading those scripts last night, she's still Miss Marvel yeah. towards the end of AVX, so yeah. take that for what you will. Word. A little behind-the-scenes kimono opening action there. Open the kimono. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Finally, last but certainly not least, we have Extreme X-Men number one, spelled X-Treme. My wife was like, man, that's a really 90s uh, title. And I was like, well, it's early aughts yeah. title, but it's fantastic. It originally came out in like 2001 and had a long run on its own, and now it's back. back. And uh, it's written by Greg Pak. It's drawn by Steven Segovia. It is pretty awesome. Yep. We have the... Alternate X-Men team that Cyclops encountered during Greg Pak's run on Astonishing X-Men, consisting of a awesome, like, general version of Wolverine, a very haughty and even more snobby version of Emma Frost. Impossible. A kid version of Nightcrawler. Adorable. And a Professor X head in a jar. Thousand, the, yeah. like, a, but, one, but there's one, one that, that sticks around, like... Basically, the four of them, there's something wrong with the multiverse. They need to sort things out. Meanwhile, back in our reality, Cyclops wants to check up on these characters who he met, his friends. So he gets Dazzler, who is really the star of this issue, to come in because she's the only one who can power the ghost box he needs to check in on them. Dazzler is just fantastic in this issue. This made me see what Jim McCann and thousands of others see in Dazzler. She is like kind of like this hippie coolness, just kind of like, hey man, let it all hang out. Like she knows she's a joke to a lot of people. She thinks it's funny. She owns it. She celebrates it. She knows she's awesome and super powerful. And she rolls right into this interdimensional adventure, just throwing off quips, throwing off powers, just interacting with everybody. I loved Dazzler in this issue. A couple years ago, my opinion totally changed on Dazzler. Something happened. And I became a believer in the glory that is Alison Blair, the glory that is Dazzler. And this was just a celebration of her magnificence. It was really... Yeah. If you hadn't fallen in love with Dazzler at some point in the recent past, this is just... She's awesome in this issue. She's so fun. She's She's great. Immediately, one of my favorite... You know, we're, we're always hearing, why don't you have more strong female lead characters? She's essentially the lead of this book, and she's fantastic. Yeah. They get dropped into a situation... I mean, this is not... Some comparisons have been made, and this is not completely unlike, but definitely it's Old Beast from the old Exile series, which we love so much. It's definitely X-Men going different dimensions, fixing things, but it's also very different. There's a lot more involved kind of tapestry and things stringing them together. Uh, They're basically on a quest now to find a group of evil Professor Xavier's. 
or Professor Xavier's who don't know what they're doing across a bunch of different dimensions. They got to track them down. Where they end up at the end is pretty awesome. Segovia's art, I've been waiting for him to be on a regular book for a while, so I'm psyched he's finally there because he does fantastic work. And it looks like we are off to the races on this book. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, very psyched for this. And that brings us to the end of our print comics for this week. Mr. Panagos, do you have a Twin of the Week to share Oh, with us? man, this is tough. So tough. Would you like to come back to you? Yeah, I'm looking at the list. It's Blake Garris of the Blake Garris All Ages Corner. Do you have a pick? Deadpool. Deadpool. Deadpool is the pick for Blake Garris. Any reason why? Sounds good. All right, great. Very convincing, Blake. Kristen Maldonado. Wait, no, I think I'm, I'm oh, good. Hold on. It's Sorry. A tie between Captain America and Iron Man, Uncanny X Force, and Extreme X Men. Wow. That's a lot of books. A lot of a lot books. Of good books. This I week. chose four last week. Yeah. I can't help it. We put out a lot of comics. Kristen, what do you got? There are definitely a lot of good ones. I think I'm gonna go with Incredible Hulk. I mean, you kissed it. That's how good it was. It's so, so good. I'm gonna I'm kiss it again later. Interested in checking it out, and I love Hulk, so I think that's my tune of the week. I have Captain America and Iron Man in the running. I have Extreme X Men in the running. Those both kind of surprise me, kind of But yeah, I mean, Incredible Hulk. It was Craven. It was Hulk. There's Bigfoots everywhere. I can't go against that, so my tune of the week is also Incredible Hulk, number Big 11. feet. Big feet. I don't know. I don't know if it's no, big feet it's or a, big foots. I'm just making a reference to a comic that we don't own. Never oh, mind. nice. Yeah. Good. So, yeah. Get us sued. Yeah. We've also got some collections on sale in print this week, thanks to our friend Max Beckman. Ryan, you want to rifle those off? Let's see. We've got Daredevil by Mark Wade, Volume 1, Trade Paperback. Marvel Masterworks, Fantastic Four, Volume 8, Trade Paperback. Red Hulk, Haunted Trade Paperback, Secret Avengers by Rick Remender, Volume 1, Hardcover, Thor, Deviance Saga, Trade Paperback, Ultimate Comics Hawkeye by Jonathan Hickman, Trade Paperback, Ultimate Comics X-Men by Nick Spencer, Volume 2, Hardcover, and X-Men Steve Rogers' Escape from the Negative Zone, Trade Paperback. If I had to pick one, one, Daredevil by Mark Wade, Volume 1. I think that's the obvious choice. Because it's so good. Doesn't mean it's the wrong choice. It's, it's probably the right, right choice. choice. Daredevil, I think, because you've already given that, so I'm, like, I'm going to shine something on a little little more obscure, and that's X-Men Steve Rogers. Escape from go the Negative there. Zone. Yep. Written by James Asmus, who's coming up on Gambit. Just one of the most fun and beautifully drawn. I had Nick Bradshaw art. Yep. A few different artists contributing there, but really fun story. It took place kind of right before AVX. Yeah, and through, it was through a couple of annuals. It was yeah. really great. So definitely check that out as well. Yep. Moving over into digital comics, this week on the Marvel Comics app, we have all the comics we just discussed, as well as the August Marvel previews are available on the Marvel Comics app. And newly released, we have Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, issues 5 through 10, Hulk, the current volume, issues 37 through 41, X-23, issues 10 through 15, and X-Men Forever, issues 11 through 15. Then as far as collections on the app, We've got Cable Deadpool Volume 4, Bosom Buddies, Moon Knight Volume 1, The Bottom, New X-Men Volume 4, Riot at Xavier's, Runaways Volume 5, Escape to New York, Thor, Ages of Thunder, and Wolverine Origins Volume 3, Swift and Terror. So much good stuff there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a really good one. I love Thor, Ages of Thunder. So good. That was written by Matt Fraction. It's a series of one-shots. It's Thor, Thor the way Thor was meant to be done. Just crazy heavy metal. Yeah, it's action. like if, if you just want to listen to some Dio yeah. and read some comics, that's yeah. what you want to 
get into. Right there. Right there. Hell yeah. And uh, so if you're a subscriber to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, as you well should be, bunch of new comics for you this week. Let's see, we've got Avengers 21, 22, and 31. That's from the 1998 run that was started by Kurt Busiek and George Perez. Lots of Deadpool on the app this week. You've got number 8, numbers 34 through 47. That's all from the Deadpool's original ongoing series from the, the 90s and early thousands. Then you've got Fantastic Four, number 168, and 204 through 209. Uh, those Deadpools, that's great. Uh, I'm psyched. Some of the best, uh, man. Yeah, psyched to have that stuff on there. All right, we're gonna kick it over to Strami right now to go over some stuff in games, movies, and TV. Strami, take it away. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, aka Strami, aka that guy in Los Angeles who always speaks at you about the Marvel TV games, movies, yada, 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 yada. So, this week, of course, we've got new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD. And it kicks off with a new episode of Ultimate Spider-Man entitled Beatlemania at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And this as you can probably guess, features the Beatle. It's Spidey and the entire gang basically fighting the Beatle. You get to meet J. Jonah Jameson in person for, I believe, the first time in the series. I think you've only ever seen him so far as sort of that giant head on the, you know, Jumbotron in Times Square or on TV so far, but this time you get to meet him in person. Yeah, it's great fun. The Beale has a really awesome design, or at least I really love the design. It's his design from the Ultimate Comics. That I'm trying to think who first designed him. Was that maybe a Stuart Eminem design at first? Or was it a Mark Bagley? Anyway, it is undoubtedly one of them. But you can check it out now. Or not check it out now, rather check it out on Sunday. And immediately after that, at about 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, we have a new episode of The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes called Behold the Vision. And it seems to be running a running thing in this week's episodes that we're going to place the, you know, big character in the title, as this, of course, features the entrance of the Vision into the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which I am crazy, crazy stoked about. The Vision has his classic design, his classic green and yellow and the, you know, little red diamond thing at the top. It's just, oh, it's so good. The Avengers go, basically go to Wakanda to try and repair Cap's shield, because as you remember, at the end of last season it was broken and then scroll cap came back and had that photon shield is that i think that's what it's called the photon shield for the first half of this season and now the real cap's back real cap wants his real shield and yeah they're gonna go wakanda they're gonna try and fix it and along the way they may run into a certain vision so you've got that to look forward to this sunday beginning at 11 a.m eastern time on disney xd and moving from 
TV to games. In Marvel Avengers Alliance, we've launched the second special operation. This is a little bit different from the previous special operation. You now get incremental rewards. It's quest-based. You have 25 quests that you need to accomplish. As you go along, you uh, receive special exclusive items. They're only available in this special operation. And if you complete all 25 quests, you win Emma Frost as a playable character. This mission is called Long Live the Queen, features the Hellfire Club and a few of the uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And yeah, go to Marvel Avengers Alliance now on Facebook to join in on that because it's only a limited time thing. It'll only last about four weeks. So get ready to start playing through and hopefully win Emma Frost at the end of it. So that pretty much covers everything for what's new in TV and games for this week. So with that, I'll send you back to the crew in New York, and I'll be back shortly. Thank you, Stravi. Oh, man, such stories you wow. have every week. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. It gets wilder and wilder out yeah. there in Hollyweird. Hollyweird. And, you know, thanks for asking. The weather out here has been hot and mm. it's been less hot. Extremely humid. You know, back and forth. It's awful and I want to die. But, you know, that's the way it is. Blake's going to give us a little update for some, some new products available right now. It's very exciting. I'm really excited to hear Blake talk about this new product because I know how excited he is about it. So, if you want to smell nice like an Avenger, we have Marvel's The Avengers Cologne. You can get Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and the Hulk. I haven't smelled them yet, but I assume they smell great. What does the Hulk smell like? Great. So. What about Iron Man? He also smells great. There's descriptions on Marvel.com. If you want the exact detail of their wonderful smells. I believe Iron Man lends you a devil-may-care sense of whimsy. Which is what we all want to smell like. Exactly. I already smell that way. Give me something different. I want to smell like Hulk all day, every day. I actually have another cologne. It's from, a, I think, a different thing. I think we did it with Diesel a couple of years ago. We did an Iron Man cologne. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I like that. I proposed to uh, our sister show. The Watcher, which I guess isn't our sister show because we're a podcast and they're a video show, our cousin's show, The Watcher, that we should send Blake out on a series of trips to clubs with different colognes, the different <laughs> Avengers colognes, and film it for The Watcher. Yeah. So watch for that. If you'd like to see that, please tweet us Yeah. with This Week in Marvel and let us know if you'd like to see Blake hit the club scene smelling like the Hulk. Yes. Because I think everyone would like to see that. I'll do it. Yes. All right, time for some news, Ben. Start us off. Oh, from last week, we had a series of Marvel Now Point One teasers. That is coming out in October. It is a new one-shot. Functions a lot like Point One from last year, except this is going to be kind of your window to Marvel Now. We showed some of the characters who are going to be involved, including Ant-Man, Star-Lord, Nova, Cable, Loki, Kid Loki, and just some other interesting characters are going to make for a good time. Of course, it's all anchored by Nick Fury Jr., and we will have more details on Marvel Now Point One to come. We also spoke to, James Viscardi spoke to Dolph Ziggler from WWE in our latest Fightin' Fanboys installment. Dolph just won the Money in the Bank match. We congratulate him on that. He's now got a guaranteed cash-in on the world title, and he was nice enough to talk to us about comics and also the thousandth episode of Raw over in WWE, and of course we'll have more to come from our fighting fanboys and fighting fangirls. Our fighting fangirl, AJ, was just made the general manager of Raw, so 
Certainly. We're going to have to have her back to chat about that yeah. soon enough. Still a couple weeks behind on my WWE. So behind. So behind. I watched episode 996 oh. of Raw last night, and they were talking about Money in the Bank yeah. and how everyone who's cashed Money in the Bank in has won the title. It's true. Uh, that changed this Monday. Oh, really? I'm not going to spoil it for you. <gasps> I hope you can remain unspoiled for the next few episodes. The Yeah, up, up till now, 10 people had cashed in and won. I do love that since it's just hit 1,000, we can actually refer to it as episode numbers. Yeah. At least for a little bit until yeah. we lose track. Until we lose like, track. Like, yeah, next week's 1,001. Yeah. But we'll see. Very good. You know, we also, I'll talk about some other stuff, but this past weekend, Blake, myself, John Cirilli, Jenny in our product team, we all went out to the MCU Park in Brooklyn, where the Brooklyn Cyclones play, and we got to see a show for TNA's Impact Wrestling, and we got to see it live. We got to meet Dixie, who Dixie Carter, Dixie Carter, who yep. owns and runs the promotion, and we got to have our pictures taken with Sting in the ring, and we got to see you know Rob Van Dam and AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy. Kazarian, you know, uh, I got to see Bubba Ray Dudley. I don't care that he called, yeah. he, he's called Bully Ray. He can't yeah. legally call himself Bubba I Ray know, Dudley. I know, but as He'll someone who watched ECW from 1995 to whenever it ended, he will always be Bubba Ray Dudley to me, and he was awesome. He was a mm. monster. It was great. But really, he's just... the best shape of his life. Seriously, he's incredible. And he still does the, like, the old-school... Dudley just being so horrible to the crowd, getting such heat. It was terrific. Had a blast. You know, it was just really fun to see live wrestling in that environment. Yeah. And we got to thank Mike Weber over at TNA, who not only hooked us up with some great interviews during San Diego Comic-Con, we got to talk to Jeff Hardy, to Rob Van Dam, to Miss Tessmacher, the Knockouts champion. We're going to have photos of all of them up on the site, but also has just been fantastic Hooked us up with these tickets. I couldn't make it, but I'm glad you guys went and had a great time. Yeah. We need something catchy like the Rock and Wrestling Connection. We need like... Comics. And, well, we've got Comic Conflict coming up next year, yeah. which you and I are both involved oh, in. Oh, yeah. If you missed it during the live show, myself and Arun, all weekend long, we're challenging the TNA World Tag Team Champions, Daniels and Kazarian. Uh, we were pretty sure they weren't going to show up, and then they kind of stormed the set, and a match was signed for next year Comic Con. We're calling it Comic Conflict. Ryan is going to be offering us his managerial services, Indeed. and you'll be hearing a lot more of that in the next 12 months. Yeah. Who knows what can happen in 12 months. If you think of all the most cheatingest managers mm -hmm. in the history of wrestling, I will be more cheating right. and more underhanded than any of them put together. We're going to need it, because... As of press time, I weigh about 150 pounds. <laughs> so even though Arun's bigger than both of them, we're definitely going to need every cheating thing. Arun has bigger muscles than every professional wrestler we've seen in the last we couple were, weeks. We'll, we'll get back to your stuff Sorry. soon. I was home over the weekend. I was showing my father pictures from Comic-Con, and he saw the picture of me and Arun doing a tug-of-war over the belts with Daniels and Kazarian. He thought... Kazarian was the guy who works PR for us, and Arun was a professional wrestler. That's great. Which would be fun. Yeah. So back to the Marvel stuff. Right. This week... Blake's going to cut all of that. This week we uh, announced the Marvel's Avengers Alliance Special Operation 2. It is now live. It is a, a new thing for the game on Facebook. It's cool. If you guys have played the first Special Operation... You had to five-star three incredibly difficult missions 
in order to unlock Mockingbird. It was very difficult. They made it easier by the end, but a lot of people didn't get their chance to get Mockingbird. I was able to get her. It took some work. This one takes some of the elements there. You have this unstable ISO stuff that you have to gather in order to power these special missions. You know, there are three missions, but there's actually several goal points in the course of getting to Emma Frost, who is the character you will unlock at the end of this. And you actually get some things along the way, so if you don't make it, you haven't been doing this for nothing. There's rewards throughout it, and it's really cool. It's got Hellfire Club, they're brand new in the game. It's got Sentinels, it's got more Toad, Blob, Avalanche, Brotherhood characters. It's got Emma Frost. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I started playing it yesterday, ran through my entire stock of the blue unstable ISO. So now I'm just hoping my friends keep sending me more. And a lot, a lot of fun. We've been, you know, I've been hearing from a lot of fans who are playing it. A lot of them seem a little bit more able to get through it than they were with Mockingbird, which is good. We want it to be a challenge, but we don't want it to be impossible. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. And again, if you guys missed all the costumes and character reveals, we posted those up on our Marvel Tumblr yesterday, which is marvelentertainment.tumblr.com. And that has all the new stuff, character and costume-wise, that is currently on the slate for Marvel Avengers Alliance. Yeah, again, back at San Diego on the uh, live show. And we're going to be releasing all these videos eventually. Right, Blake? Um Eventually. I'm probably still gonna be editing this one podcast. Yeah, eventually, eventually. But Blake and I got oh. to chat. Blake and I got to chat with Alex Irvine, who's the writer of Avengers Alliance. That was a lot of fun. And what I liked most was he plays it just like us, and he has the same troubles that all of us do. Yeah. <laughs> like in terms of powering up his guys, in terms of getting the right teams, in terms of he had a lot of trouble with the Mockingbird mission. So it was refreshing to know even the guy writing the game has trouble. And he also told me how to beat Blake if I could play him in PvP. Nice. Very good. Blake, you got one more thing on your queue? We have Sideshow Collectibles and Hot Toys have released a Captain America Rescue version 6 scale collectible figure from Captain America the First Avenger. It's really cool looking. It looks like a tiny Chris Evans. <laughs> Go to Marvel.com. You can get all the details and where to order it. And also, they're giving away a trip to Comic-Con next year. So if you want to get a free trip to Comic-Con, go to ComicConTrip.com for more information. Hmm. Very cool. All right, we're going to kick it over to Strami for more news from his corner of the world. Welcome back once again this week in Marvelites. This is, once again, Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, and I am here now in sunny Los Angeles. It actually is very sunny and nice out. Not nice in like a too warm, like a too hot sense. It's just, it's very, it's very nice out. But... We are here to talk about some news for Marvel TV specifically this week. We ran a really great interview with one of the directors of Iron Man Armored Adventures, Philippe Guillen. Apologies if I've managed to mangle that name. He is a French director who worked heavily on the series, directing some episodes, doing character designs for other episodes. And we did this to commemorate the second season finale of Iron Man Armored Adventures, which, of course, happened this past Tuesday. But I want to mention the interview because it really is a really great interview that you should still check out, particularly if you're at all interested in how 
animation is done, really, and really how you go in an animated series from the initial idea for a episode all the way through to the finished product. You can check it out. It's an article entitled Looking Back at Iron Man Armored Adventures. If you go to Movies and TV News and just scroll down a few stories, it should still be there. So you should really check it out, particularly like I say, if you are at all interested in sort of the nuts and bolts of how an animated series, and in particular an animated series like Iron Man Armored Adventures, gets put together. And then other Marvel Animation News. Today, if you're listening to this when it goes live on Thursday, we will be putting up two full episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man, episodes 7 and 8 from season 1, which are exclusive and back in black. Exclusive, if you remember, is the episode that features the Hulk. It's entirely told from the perspective of Mary Jane's camera as she follows around Spider-Man trying to get the scoop on him. And Back in Black is the second episode featuring the Venom symbiote, and it's the episode in which Harry Osborn first dons the suit himself. So you can check out both those full episodes streaming for free on Marvel.com and MarvelKids.com beginning this afternoon. And tomorrow we will be bringing you a full-length episode of... The Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. This will be Season 2, Episode 4, Welcome to the Kree Empire, which features the introduction of Ronan the Accuser into the series, brings back Carol Danvers and Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel and all the Kree goodiness and really sets the stage for some of the stuff that's coming up. Well, both that has already come up and will eventually be coming up. And... That pretty much covers everything for movies, TV, and games news. So with that, I bid you adieu once more. I will speak with you once again next week. And I hope that every one of you listening has an incredible weekend. Thank you for listening once more. And I'll send you back to Ryan, Ben, Blake, the entire crew of Shenanigan Makers back in New York. Thank you, Stromy. Oh, my goodness. Just everything. Oh, my goodness. Oh, All happened at once. Wowzers. And oh, my goodness. All right. So time for questions and comments. Again, guys, if you have questions or comments about Marvel or This Week in Marvel, use the hashtag This Week in Marvel and tweet them to myself, agent underscore M, or at Ben J. Morse, or at Blake Garris, or at Stromy. We'll get them, but as long as you're using the hashtag, we'll be able to gather them for the show. Alright, we're going to jump right into them. First one is from at Wrath Starblade, who I don't remember seeing before, so... That's a cool name. Welcome, Aaron. Tweets, Captain Marvel, number one, was even more awesome than I thought it would be. Wasn't it? Yeah. I was bummed. I, didn't, I wasn't on the podcast last week, so I didn't get to talk about it. I love that issue. So good. Fantastic. So, I, I assume that was your twin of the week. One of them, yes. I listened to the beginning of the podcast last week when I was driving, and then it just got too emotional Yeah, not being there. It's difficult. It's hard. Yeah. At Cassius335 tweets, hashtag, just making the podcast longer, hashtag, who does that, hashtag, PS help if I get the tweet right the first time, arg, hashtag, or even second time, oi. You know who doesn't like Cassius335, I bet? Blake Garris, because he's just making the podcast longer. Love it. 
Another one from at Cassius335. Hashtag Avengers Alliance started Special Operation 2. Don't actually like Emma Frost, but up for the challenge. Already completed Task 5, though I burned through a lot of UISO during it. Wonder what future 19 tasks are. P.S. A purpose of nothing, on-screen keyboard really helpful when your spacebar stops working. Bet it is. Uh-huh. Bet it is. Yeah. I finished the... 10th task, I think, right before coming into the podcast. So I'm 20% through Special Operation 2 in 16 hours. Very exciting. Hey, look, I get to play at work. You guys probably don't. That's okay. Enjoy it when you can play it. At Alex Gimmel, a.k.a. Alex Gimmel. Truly enjoying Uncanny X-Force, my favorite book by far. A lot of people say that. Uncanny X-Force is a book people really enjoy. Like I have friends who are not really superhero people per se, but, you know, check things out from time to time. And they love Uncanny X-Force just because they say, you know, it packs in a lot of stuff they like from indie books, from other books, just kind of the emotion and the fact that it is about these characters doing these horrible things, but not being like, yeah, we're so badass, we get to do horrible things, being like, this is hard and this is tough and it's a very real, pretty book. So a lot of people love Uncanny mm. X-Force. Also from Alex Gimmel, what movie are you most looking forward to in Phase 2? It's a great question, Alex Kimmel. If you guys don't know, Phase 1 was all the movies that Marvel Studios released from Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, The First Avenger, Thor, and Marvel's The Avengers. Yes. So that consisted of Phase 1. Phase 2, we really kicked off at Comic-Con this year. That's going to include Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Thor, The Dark World, Iron Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ant-Man. There may be more. We'll see in due time. But right now, those five are what we're we're calling part of Phase 2. For me, it's tough. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor The Dark World. It's tough because I know a lot about Thor The Dark World. And everything I've heard about it blew my mind. But you guys don't have as much insight into it, so it's tough. I mean, I'm looking forward to all of them. There's yeah. not a single movie I'm not looking forward to, but Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, well-known. I love the cosmic stuff. This is, you know, in a lot of ways, the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning stuff realized, which I never in a million years thought I'd see on the big screen. Yeah. So I'm very, very keen to see how they do that, and that's a very different kind of movie for us, you know, big space sci-fi drama, but I think they're all going to be awesome. Blake? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Done. He's a simple man. Kristen? Iron Man 3 and Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't really know too, too much about Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm excited to like kind of see it in a movie setting to kind of get an idea of you know, what's going on. Awesome. For those of you listening who don't know a lot about Guardians of the Galaxy, you should definitely check out Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, Marvel Comics app. We got tons of Guardians of the Galaxy collections and issues up for you to catch up on. I think at some point, someone on our team might want to write a little thing of mm, a reading a little bit of a list. Retrospective for... reading list type thing? Yeah. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah. So, Blake, get on that. Nah. And Alex Kimmel answering his own question. He is most looking forward to Captain America Winter Soldier. Loves that story. Of course, we haven't officially said what the story is going to be. You know, certainly it shares a name with a very well-known and beloved Captain America story, but you have to stay tuned and see exactly where it goes. Exactly. At Zero BXU tweeted, Not seeing Twim38 on iTunes. Also, our audio is super low on episode 37. Blake, I'm sure, is taking care of making sure it's on iTunes. It was on iTunes the entire time, so I don't know what he's talking about. 
Oh. Sometimes it takes a little while. Yeah, to on iTunes it's not immediate. I, yeah, because I remember I, t- I tried to listen to the ABX podcast you guys did, and it showed up like a day later. Not yeah. through any fault of anything we're doing. It's just yeah, it's just the way, I, yeah, they, they cache the RSS feed. Yeah, so just give it a little time. Yeah. At Brad the YM tweets to Ben, congrats to your sister, <laughs> weddings rule, hashtag Ben a groomsman five times. Thank you very much, Brad. That's why I was on the show last week. I was at my little sister's wedding. It was a great time, and I sincerely appreciate you saying that. It's very nice. At Brad the YM tweets, thanks for pushing Captain Marvel. It is now going to be part of my stack. Fantastic. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Another one from Brad. Where can I go to find out more about the origins of the Mandarin in Iron Man? I think it was just a couple years ago, around the time of either the first or second Iron Man movie that we released that limited series by Joe Casey, Iron Man, Enter the Mandarin. I think it was called Enter the Mandarin. We should have that collected. It's a beautiful book, well written by Joe Casey. Joe's great at doing those kind of retro stories and giving them a modern polish, so I would track that down. That's the best modern place you're going to find the origin of the Mandarin. Yeah, but I I would venture to say we'll have lots more Mandarin stuff as we get closer to Iron Man 3's release on May 3rd, 2013. Of course. Another one from Brad. Love the letter page from the last Uncanny X-Men. Sinister's answers rocked. What were your thoughts? It was great. I would have Sinister answering letters page every, yeah. every month. I, would, I wish we had Sinister here to be on the podcast. <sighs> Sinister would be a great guest on the podcast. Totally. I think you and Blake would get along really well. So well. At Brady Dale tweeted to at Fangirling Daily, who is Carrie, our new social media coordinator, said, cool, Spidey's webs have been a hot topic on Twitter since the movie. Disassembled, confused, everything. Yeah, this was, I tried to catch up on this. This was a conversation that was going on between Brady and Carrie, that she directed him to come to us. I think it's basically, are Spider-Man's webs currently organic, or are they web shooters? Right now, they're web shooters. They're mechanical web shooters, both in the comics and in the New Aliens and Spider-Man movie. They're organic for a little while. That was part of Disassembled. That is been done away with. It still happened. It's still in continuity. There was a period during which he had organic web shooters, but we don't really talk about them much anymore. He, He has his current classic, made him in his house mechanical web shooters so hopefully that answered your question if not tweet directly at us next week with the this week in marvel hashtag and we'll try to help you out yeah at name taken underscore brandon the events of fantastic four 608 left t'challa powered up will we see black panther do anything with that in avengers versus x-men again having read the last few scripts of avengers x-men i can tell you that you know we just saw in the last issue wakanda got pretty much totaled by namor black panther is not thrilled about it that will not change in the next few issues and he will take action some of which is very surprising and black panther definitely has a major part to play in abx as far as involving the new powers and abilities he received in fantastic four i'm not sure the order of events but i think it doesn't really line up you don't see him use any additional powers in abx but you certainly see him make his presence known at name taken also asks how can Daredevil versus Psylocke be a draw in AVX versus Daredevil clearly won the point and the match? I guess because it wasn't like a knockout. They basically disengaged. Daredevil basically convinced Psylocke that she was on the wrong side of this particular fight and she decided not to pursue the fight. So no one really won. Uh, you know, we can get into the, the technicalities of it all. I guess Daredevil did chase her off technically, but he didn't. He didn't score a knockout punch. If she had wanted to keep fighting, she could have. Although this is this isn't tennis. No points in matches here. Right. I don't Come know on. what that's about. Come on. I don't know how you want to point in a match in a in a slugfest. Yeah. 
At CheapGN, Max Beckman gives his Twim of the Week for trades, and it goes to Secret Avengers by Rick Remender, Volume 1 hardcover. Good choice. Yep. Good choice. At Immortal Thor 99 tweets, do you know if some of the older limited time items are going to come back around? Chaotic, Grenade, Crippler, etc. from Avengers Alliance. I missed them the first time around. I don't know that they're going to come back. I'm sure there's a chance because this stuff, the assets are already created. The information is all there. They could. I don't have information about that. But, you know, when we when Mockingbird was around, um, I think they used the terminology, you know, get her now for a limited time before she's put back in the vault, which is very loose and could mean that she could come back. So, you know, items could come back as well. We'll see. Mortal Thor 99 tweets, Stormcaster is the name of the hammer that Loki gave Storm while the X-Men were in Asgard. Very good. Very good. I love it when people answer questions we can't answer. Yeah, five twin points. Another one from Adam Mortal Thor 99, I'd like to see the Carnage symbiote take over Squirrel Girl. Well, Immortal Thor 99, you should keep reading Avengers vs. X-Men. Dun, dun, Not dun. because you're going to see that, but because it's a great story. <laughs> At DJ Bochicchio. Kikio. Oh, yeah, I got cracked on that before. At DJ Bill Kikio, will everyone agree that every single book released by Marvel on July 18th was amazing? Give it up to the House of Ideas. Yeah, I'd agree. Good. Done. That makes sense. Make it so. Makes total sense. Another one from Dan. Just finished reading Atlantis Attacks Omnibus and have to say it was really good. Where has the serpent set been? I don't know. I feel like set was around a year or two ago doing something. The last time I saw set, was when I read the Journey into Mystery trade paperback that came out a couple months ago that collected stories from the 90s. Mm. But I know he's been back since then. Yeah, he has to. he's always messing with Thor yeah. and that crew. I'm sure Seth's been somewhere. We, we'll ask around about that. Yeah. Another one from Dan. I'm excited. Evolutionary War Omnibus will be delivered tomorrow. Any cool things that stand out from that crossover? Now, that was... Not during my time. I didn't read Evolutionary War. I'm going to read that for the first time when it comes out in collection. Yeah, I, I can't. I can picture the covers. Yeah, I remember those. But I don't really remember the story too well. But, you know, High Evolutionary is always cool and creepy and weird and kind of perverse. Yeah. Also from Dan, thoughts and prayers go out to Aurora. Events like this really hit home. Stay strong. Captain America, bring it with the hammer. I think we all share those sentiments. Thanks for bringing that to light, Dan, and thanks for sending that into the podcast. Yeah. At David Lerapina tweets, Great stuff happened at San Diego Comic-Con. Very excited for all Marvel movies, especially Guardians of the Galaxy, as are we. David also tweets, Also, very cool to hear Agent M wants to punch and burn and slap comics again. It's been a while. Yeah, get your groove back. Yeah, yeah, it's just like Stella. At Dean Arcuri tweets, I'm trying to download my free digital copy of Avengers vs. X-Men issue number zero, but the code brings up issue number one. Thoughts? Dean, email online support at marvel.com. Drop my name, and uh, we mentioned this to you on the podcast. Let them know your issue, and hopefully they'll get it resolved quickly for you. They usually do when people let them know that uh, I've directed them to the email. So good luck. Hopefully we'll get that solved for you. At Jedi Lamont, Dominic John Lamont. Seems that Submariner wasn't given a chance last week. I hope now that he's been turned down a notch, he won't be so horribly abused next week in Uncanny X-Men and AVX. As referring to Namor's defeat at the hands of the Avengers during AVX, I think you make a good point that he wasn't really himself. He was kind of driven crazy by the Phoenix, as the Phoenix tends to do, so it wasn't 
wasn't so much a fair fight. Will we see Namor again during the course of ABX, or is he down for the count? It's a good question, but I'm sure, you know, we love our Namor, and we know Kieran Gillen does as well, so hopefully he'll turn up soon. Was it Namor or Colossus who used the I am fire and light incarnate line? I believe, oh, Colossus used it in, in, uh, in Wolverine and the oh, X-Men. Okay. I love that line, and it's just it's like you know that the phoenix is now in the yep. brain, like sizzling it up. And if you lo- if you love that line, yeah, get ready. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. At Jedi Lamon, I almost cried when a staple came loose in my Mighty Thor comic, which brings us to a segment, a new regular segment on the show, which is Blake Garris with the what is Tom Brennan crying about this week in Marvel? Blake, something not in Marvel in his regular life. All right, and that's what Tom Brennan, associate editor extraordinary, is crying about this week in Marvel. Thank you, Blake. <laughs> Finally, from at Jedi Lamont, this week in Marvel, so glad to hear your Adventure Time fans and that you liked the Muppets movie. Both had cameos of the awesome Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, I was actually I was watching the Fiona and Cake episode of Adventure Time with my wife because she had never seen it, and I was like, "That's Neil Patrick Harris voicing Gumball, Prince Gumball. So good. Oh, I love that show." And the Muppets are great, as always. At Glenn Carey, 1973, tweets to a bunch of people, Why was Professor X so annoyed with Scott in AVX8? So far, he has done nothing wrong. Eh, well. I mean, it's subjective. Has he done... He, he's done some great stuff. The X-Men are basically, you know, they're fixing stuff around the world. You could argue that, you're right, Cyclops hasn't done anything wrong. On the other hand, uh, they're holding people prisoner in hell prisons. Uh, they are, you know, beating the crap out of Avengers. They are trying to kidnap young girls against their will. So, you know, and they also basically destroyed Wakanda, which I believe is what Professor X was most specifically upset about. Professor X, basically, the way he looks at it is this is not how he taught Cyclops to behave. And Professor X has gone through this before with the Phoenix. He knows, he, he sees clearly what is going on that... They have unlimited power, and it's it's corrupting them. Power corrupts, and Professor X is none too pleased, and he's he's putting his foot down. So that's mm-hmm. that. At HW View tweets, ABX8, this is the book of the year. Big Brawl and Xavier acting like Vinnie Mac waiting to hear No Chance in Hell. Yeah. Yeah. At W Bandoy tweets, not a problem to carry. Any chance you get to chime in on This Week in Marvel with us? Yeah, we'll bring Carrie in once in a while. Yeah. Sure. Sure. She's, yes. She's not busy. Oh, man. This is like old times. Miss Marvel Girl has returned with a huge boatload of questions and comments. Let's dive right into it since a lot of them I don't think require responses. Blake, you're probably going to be able to meet Miss Marvel Girl for the first time at Fan Expo Canada next month. Nice to meet you in the future. Get hyped. Drink some more coffee, please. <laughs> Here we go. At Miss Marvel Girl is listening to This Week in Marvel 37. Ari Absence. My mom went into hospital a couple months ago, so I was traveling between Toronto and hometown lots. I also moved to a swanky new bachelorette pad, and no one likes moving. So much work, but everything calmed down. Yay. All right, well, glad to hear. Hopefully your mom is out of the hospital, yeah. Jen. Best wishes to and her. also glad to hear about your swanky new bachelorette pad. Awesome. Hopefully when Ryan and Blake are up in Canada, they can go visit. I think I we're think just going to be at the, near, the convention. Right? I, yeah. yeah, that wasn't an official promise that Ryan and Blake. We'll definitely go to your see house. Jen. I've seen her before at Fan Expo Canada, so psyched to give her a high five. Another from at Miss Marvel Girl. I love the two new guys too. They're a fantastic addition, and don't ever stop ragging on them. New guys would mean, I guess, Blake and Anthony. 
because Blake wasn't on when she used to listen back in the day. I don't rag on Blake too much. Rag on Anthony. Yeah. No comment on, on Kristen, which means you're doing everything right, Kristen. <laughs> also, I've been in line for Fan Expo since April. It's hot out here, and the concrete under the CN Tower isn't very comfy. I don't, I don't believe her. Yeah. I think she's lying. Yeah, probably a little bit of a fibber in there. Also, I'm pretty sure my social life has been eaten up. Wow. Is that World of Warcraft? World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft style by Avengers Alliance. Still trying to get Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is so freaking good. Mm. Oh. At Miss Marvel Girl, still going. My twin of the week was definitely Scarlet Spider number seven, Kane's Amaze Balls. Hashtag man whore. <laughs> yeah. That's what we like to hear. Kane, Scarlet Spider. At Miss Marvel Girl, have you guys looked into doing an enhanced podcast? It'd be great to see the panels and covers you guys are describing. Well, speak of the devil, I actually brought this up to Mr. Blake Garris, who does all the editing and the producing on the podcast. With the help of Kristen. She edits some. Oh, very good, Kristen. I didn't know that. But one of the, I, I, we're trying to think of cool stuff to do for episode 50, our, I don't know, Emerald yeah, look it up. anniversary, whatever it, it is. Yeah, something cool to do for episode 50. We need to figure out how much work, how much time, what all goes into doing an enhanced podcast. I think we're all on the same page that it would be really great. We just got to make sure that we can do it in a timely and efficient manner and still make it cool for you guys. So we'll see. Uh, Let us know how you guys ingest an enhanced podcast. Do you just look at it on your iDevice or whatever it is and the stuff comes up? I've not checked that out, so I'm curious. More from Miss Marvel. Listening to the ABX this week in Marvel special number six. God, I love Tom Brevoort and Nick Lowe. More and quoting Nick saying, "That's from Hamlet, bro." That's the type of stuff Nick says. It is. It totally all is. All the time. All the time. I didn't point out that she called ABX AXV a moment ago, and she said, "Awesome." Now I'm calling ABX AXV rad. Finally, from Miss Marvel, you guys mentioned that Marvel now will change the book's look. Is this purely an artistic overhaul or paper stock size? As far as what we can talk about now, you know, stuff is on the table, but the main thing is that the cover treatment is changing. If you've seen the cover to Uncanny Avengers number one, you know that the logo will not necessarily be going up top like it has in the past. All the information is going in different places, and it's still evolving. Even at San Diego, there were some suggestions made during the Cup of Joe panel that Axel and Joe took to heart and said, you know what, that might make sense. So that's still evolving, but the covers are going to look different as far as the interiors, as far as paper stock and stuff like that. Uh, we'll see. I don't know yet. I think the size remains the same, though. It's not going to be like a yeah, I don't think tiny so. comic book or something no. like that. At JohnnyO67 tweeted, Just finished with this week in Marvel Podcast. Love Stromy, but he sounded extra grudge-like this week. I don't know what that means. What is grudge-like? In that movie, The Grudge? What was The Grudge? Uh, it's that Sarah Michelle Gellar movie with the little creature that kind of makes this crazy whining sound. Oh. So I'm assuming. Yeah, no, no, that's probably it's accurate. It's about right. All right. At Jekyll Geek tweets, what short series available digitally will make me love an overlooked B-list character? Immortal Iron Fist. Read Immortal Iron Fist and you will love Danny Rand. I don't know how overlooked he is anymore, but he's a fantastic character. Yeah. Um, trying to think. I was going to say Guardians of the Galaxy has a bunch of issues there, but they're not mm-hmm. B-list anymore. No. They're moving on up. Oh, Sherman Helmsley. Rest in peace. Yeah. Anyway, what else? There's got to be some, some more stuff in there. I don't know. Nothing off the top of my head. No. Great. So check out Immortal Iron Fist. There like you I go. Said. Perfect. <laughs> At X-Force Josh tweeted, 
Just when I thought it couldn't get any better, AVX8 knocked my socks off. Art by Cubert was awesome sauce. Hashtag, I love Bendis. Excellent. To know him is to love him. Another one from Josh. My twin of the week is Daredevil 15. This book always delivers. And with a low number, the book is great for new readers. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely hop on Daredevil from issue number one and yes. enjoy that. At Mark A. Evans tweets that the interview with Michael K. Williams was awesome. Cool. Glad you enjoyed it. Big kudos to Blake on taking reins on that one. Yeah. And now, Laser Mountain Monster, Patrick Monster, currently playing with my Lego Deadpool and Wolverine. Why is Magneto in this set, though? Coolest Legos ever. Why not? They needed yeah, a bad guy. Why not have Magneto? He's not even that bad. At times. He's kind of good. Yeah. Whatever. At Laser Mountain Monster, choosing X-Factor for my twim of the week now that I'm all caught up. Good choice. X-Factor is consistently awesome. Yeah. Blake was talking about it still this morning. Really? Yeah. Cool. I enjoyed it. Skipping this next one because this is an all-ages podcast. Or oh. At least we try to make it one. Yeah, no. Thank you at T-Bear220. Now you know that it was you whose question we didn't answer. Going straight to at HawkeyeUK. I never knew how to pronounce that. I think it's HawkeyeUK, but with an I. Oh, boy. Which four man supervillains would you pick if you could? Characters, not writers. What are we picking them for? I think this was a holdover. From yeah. Something else? No, there was a question last week, and we weren't sure if Pete meant characters or writers. If you know, if we could have four people on a team. Oh. Or four person. I don't know. For supervillains? Yeah. So like a fearsome four. Sure. And it's men. Okay. And it says man. All right. I would do Sandman. Hydro Man, Electro, and Whirlwind. Because it's like the elements and electricity. Such and I'm a getting, nerd. And I'm getting kind of tired. But think about it. If you can combine water, sand, wind, and electricity. You could just beat the crap yeah, out of Captain who, Planet. Who couldn't you beat? Yeah. I would put Batroc, Modoc, Tiger Shark, and... T-Bone from Deadpool. Ooh, Why not? Good obscure choice. At Hawkeye UK, so hyped about the new movies that's been announced, even though all my mates keep asking me questions. That's good. Answer their questions. Yeah, or get direct to them to us and make them listen to the podcast. Get, get, you get to be the cool guy. Captain Cool Guy. At Hawkeye UK, loving the Marvel app on iPhone, even if it is making all my wages disappear. Between mates and wages, I and the UK in his name, I've deduced that Pete is from the United Kingdom. My God, you're like Sherlock Holmes. I know, I know. I'm like a young Sherlock Holmes. Yes. At Hawkeye UK, started playing the old Marvel Ultimate Alliance game again. Did you ever play it, and who was your team? Oh, boy, oh, did yeah. you ever play it. Oh, man. I love playing that. I liked using the themed team. I actually liked using the Fantastic Four a lot. Um, I'd actually play it with my wife, and she liked playing as the thing, and I'd be the human torch. Um, Kristen's giggling at that. Um, but they were they were good. They were good balance. But oh man, I, I love I love both of those games. Both Ultimate Alliance games were fantastic. Yeah. I have no idea who was on my team. It was fun, but it was so long ago. We used to play whole teams of us, so we wouldn't have any rhyme or reason to our teams. Just yeah. remember, I was always Deadpool when we were playing on our uh, group teams. Yeah, and we were talking about when we used to work at Wizard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can mention that. That's fine. I know we have before. Yeah. <laughs> at Hawkeye UK, is Omega Red dead? If so, how? Omega Red is currently off the table, we'll say. It happened in Wolverine Origins, but you can check out his offspring, the Omega Clan, currently in Uncanny X-Force. At Hawkeye UK, as the Olympics are starting here in London, which Marvel characters would you all pick for which events? 
Quicksilver for the running stuff. Yeah, for the running stuff, for sure. Mr. Fantastic for the basketball, because he could sense. just go... Whoop. That makes sense. Is this It's Winter Olympics where they have like the, the biathlon, where they have the archery and stuff, right? Sure. Hawkeye for that. Yeah. Hercules uh, for the wrestling. Yes. Captain America for discus. Yes. For the discus throw. What else do they do? Spider-Man uh, for the high jump. Yep. The track and field. Mockingbird for the pole vault. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. We could go on all day. Yeah, but which we're I not going to. what they're intending us to yeah. do. Sorry, Blake. At Hawkeye UK, Earth's Mightiest Heroes theme song is performed by Bad City, if that helps. That's a terrific name for a band. That does help. It's a terrific song. Yeah. At Hawkeye UK, how old was Steve Rogers meant to have been when he was uniced into modern time, not including the time he was frozen? We don't really comment on the exact age of our characters because they are would, timeless. Yeah, that would make people's brains explode. So let's stay away from that. Two more from at Hawkeye UK. Which character would you say is best at using multiple types of weapons? For example, Moon Knight, Deadpool, etc. Taskmaster. Yeah, I was going to say Taskmaster. He's mastered everything. He will go to the person who is the best at a weapon, watch what they do, boom, he can do it. Yeah. That's just how it works. Although don't discount Zoran the Weapons Master. It's true. A member of Batrock's Brigade. Yeah. Featured this week in Captain America and Iron Man. So awesome. Finally, from at Hawkeye UK, loving the look of the new Deadpool game. He's the best, hence why I have a full arm tattoo of him on one arm. Hashtag suck it, Wolverine. Awesome. If you guys aren't already, follow at Real Deadpool on Twitter and go to Facebook.com slash Real Deadpool. Lots of fun stuff. At Quicksilver Oss. Tweets, Quicksilver is great in everything. Hashtag this week tomorrow. Makes sense. At Randall Wood AU, sorry about my outburst over Gateway's death last week. So upset, but oh, finally man, a sorry, question. That. Is Bishop Gateway's grandson? Yes, he is. That was revealed in the original volume of Extreme X-Men. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, Bishop learned that he was Gateway's, uh, I don't know if he's his grandson or he's his descendant, but yeah. he's def they're definitely related. Sweet. Another one from Randall. Could Bishop return from the future to ex-avenge Gateway's death? Maybe Lifeguard and Dreamguard could help him. Whew. Wow. wow. Lifeguard and Dreamguard. Sure, Bishop could return to the future. That'd, that'd be a pretty cool twist in X-Force to have Bishop show up and help them out against the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Another one from Randall. Hugely excited by the Deadpool game announcement. Do you have a favorite breaking the fourth wall Deadpool moment? There's so many... Can't remember that at the top. Yeah. Pretty much anything from that classic Joe Kelly issue, Joe Kelly. where he went back in time and had to live an issue of Spider-Man. Yeah, it was and like he, issue yeah. eleven or thirteen or something. So good. If you've never read that, that's probably my favorite Deadpool story of all time. It's really terrific. Another one from Randall. Will the new Avengers game be available for PS3 Move? That is Avengers Battle for Earth, and there are currently no plans for it to be on PS3. It is set up for. Xbox 360 with Kinect and Wii U. Another one from Randall. Is it just me or do I recognize Cable and Jean Grey in the promo poster for Marvel Now? Not just you. Not just you. Cable is definitely in there with a new look and the original Marvel girl, Jean Grey, from the original X-Men will be featured in all new X-Men, which we'll have more to come on in the next couple weeks. Yeah. At Ref Gemlin. Love this week in Marvel, keeping me up to date with trades that are available. Great to get the news from the source. Many thanks at Marvel. You are welcome. Also from at Ref Gamlin, please let us know when Facebook pages are available to like for the Marvel Phase 2 movies. There's too much fakery. Robert, yesterday I tweeted links to the Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy pages. You can find those. I'm using hashtag Ant-Man anytime I talk about the movie. And I'm using hashtag Guardians Galaxy 
anytime I'm talking about that movie. So you can find those links to the official Facebook pages. There's not a lot there yet, but trust me, we will fill those up with lots of goodness in due time. And we still have the Thor and Captain America pages that we have been using. We'll just keep rolling those on. More from Matt Ref Gemlin. Please let fans know they can purchase series passes for Ultimate Spider-Man from iTunes. Great for non-U.S. fans that want to see the show and also support Marvel Animation. Just bought it. Am excited. Yeah, absolutely. You guys from outside the U.S., you can get series passes for Ultimate Spider-Man on iTunes, like we just said. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Finally, from at Ref Gemlin, respect for Agent M fixing the grammatical mistakes of fans. This week in Marvel, making the world a better place. I did that. From Ryan Putney at Wolf Knight 26. Looking forward to the new Deadpool game. Hashtag Marvel knows how to make me happy. Awesome. Another one from Ryan. Enjoyed Agent M's rant about rumor spreaders. From now on, if I don't hear from Marvel, I won't believe any rumors. I guess I was very ranty last week. Is that the second rant they've referred to? Yeah. Wasn't. Oh, maybe I was just. No, someone went on a rant about Gateway's death, but that wasn't okay. you. Anyway, rumor spreaders and blah, blah, blah. It's just, if we don't talk about it, there's nothing to speak of, so, you know, that's just the way it is. And it's, it's a problem when someone, you know, is out there spreading information about a movie that isn't happening and trying to get people to click on their website and stuff, and it's a bummer because then it just gets people disappointed. I, I ranted about this last week. All right. Another one from Matt Wolf Knight 26 Finish the Infinity Gauntlet. I absolutely loved it. Hashtag Marvel Rules. Not surprised. Yeah. It's one of my favorites of all time. Another one from Ryan. Love the Marvel app and the podcast so much because I can become the Marvel fan I always wanted to be. Hashtag tears in my eyes. That's a great hashtag. <laughs> yeah, that's terrific. Another one from Ryan. To me, are you the only one with a Tumblr account? Also, do you sometimes follow fans' Tumblr accounts? Definitely not the only one with a Tumblr account. I have like eight of them, too. There's my personal one there's the official marvel one which is marvelentertainment.tumblr.com yeah, which we all contribute to yep blake has one stromy has one i think carrie has one cerilli has one jen grunwald and trades has one janine schaefer and daniel ketchum have one i'm trying i'm looking in my mind's eye going through all the different pieces of this office there are more. A lot of us have them, but it, a lot of it's not Marvel stuff, so I'm not going to, we don't want to talk about them too much here. But really, it's the marvelentertainment.tumblr.com one that you should check out. And if all goes according to my plans, there will be more official Marvel ones soon. When you say of all goes according to my plans, I just picture you like, you know, very sinisterly yeah. in a chair, yep. having, stroking your cats. That's me. I like that. Yep. Another one from at Wolf Knight 26 I am really happy with all the announcements Marvel made at San Diego Comic-Con and looking forward to all the movies. As are we. Another one from Ryan. Which Marvel characters would you like to have a poker night with? i just like to get in one of the regular poker nights that you see in a lot of the Fantastic Four comics. You know, with Thing, Wolverine, Human Torch, all those characters. That was my original thought, and then I changed it and said I would want to have a poker game with the original New Warriors, with the dudes. The gals involved? No, 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 that's what I'm going to say. Listen to me. It would be me and Speedball and Nova and Night Thrasher and Marble Boy, but then Namorita would show up because she's badass and she'd probably beat us all. That's how it would go. That's my dream Marvel poker game. Because, yeah, it would be a whole, like, oh, yeah, it's only the guys thing. And then she'd be like, why can't I play? And we'd be like, oh, yeah, let the girl play. And then she would destroy us because she's probably better at poker than everyone. All right. Final question from Matt Wolf Knight 26. Marvel is the best in the world at what it does. Hashtag Marvel best in the world. Great question. Yeah, great way to end it, great Wolf question. Knight. 
right. At Secret City Laugh, what studio is producing Guardians and Ant-Man? Will this be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Will Disney finally produce a Marvel film? Bunch of questions there. Marvel Studios is producing Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man. That means that they, yes, are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Guardians of the Galaxy is a live-action film, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How it ties in, you will find out. Same thing with Ant-Man. Will Disney finally produce a Marvel film? Disney's not producing the Marvel films. They are the studio distributing things because, you know, they own Marvel. But Marvel Studios will continue to produce the Marvel Studios films, the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. If there are other projects for Disney to work with us on, you may hear about that if those come up, but right now there's nothing to speak of. So, yeah, the MCU is growing, and it's all Marvel Studios. At Simon Sebs asks to Ryan, seems you, I, and lots of fans want a Black Panther movie. Who do we need to write to make this happen? (laughs) Simon, I don't think there's anyone we can write to. Anyone at Marvel Studios is definitely a Black Panther fan as well. It's all a matter of finding the right script, the right project, everything that comes together. And right now we've got five, six films in development, whatever it is. There's a lot going on. Let's get through all that stuff first. At Simon Sebs also says, Bought Captain Marvel, enjoyed the story, but the art kept it from being my twim of the week. Dexter Soy is definitely, I think, he's a very talented dude. He's going to be an acquired taste. He's different. He is not your average artist. I think a lot of people really dig his art. Certainly some people are going to have a weird reaction to it because it doesn't look like other stuff on the stands. If you like the story, keep checking it out. Give it a chance. The art may grow on you. There's been some artists who thought their art was just not for me and then I grew to appreciate it as I saw them doing different stuff so I think you should never give up on an artist after just one issue yeah also at Simon Sebs a babies versus x babies in the words of Daniel Bryan yes 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 hashtag shut up and take my money we will done we'll do that at Simon Sebs you guys talk about WWE on this week in Marvel a lot do you follow other wrestling organizations like TNA or Ring of Honor well earlier we talked about TNA Definitely follow them. I've been to quite a few Ring of Honor shows. I've been to a few. So, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're general wrestling fans. Yeah. Now Blake is, you know, a TNA insider. Yeah. Blake carries around with him a steel chair to hit anyone who gets on his bad side. Yeah. But that's a regular thing. That's just what they do in the South. At Simon Sebs, final question. What character or team would you like to see get an animated series that hasn't yet? Please answer if you can. That's a tough one for us to answer. I mean, I've... I want to see every character animated and doing cool stuff, you know. There'll be time enough to see lots of characters. I don't know about other series, but I'm psyched for Hulk and the Agents of Smash. That's going to be a lot of fun. At Dirty Lash tweeted to Blake, Wow, your impression of me is spot on. We have never even met. Hashtag crikey, no Fruit Loops. Did you do a British impression last week? Yes, thank you. I am good at impressions. Let's hear it again. I'm too tired. Aw. Maybe next week. Tune in. Blake is beat. Yeah, Blake I've never is... never seen him like this. My work doesn't start till you guys are done. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. All right. At Dirty Last Tweet. So is, are there any gay supervillains, Ben? Because I last week this question came up, I couldn't think of any. Technically Mystique. True. Yeah, she yeah. She had a relationship with Destiny. Yeah. She's definitely a supervillain. She's a terrorist. That's the first one that comes to mind. I'll try to think about it some more and think if I can get any more for the next week. But yeah, definitely Mystique. And depending on what you think of Destiny, Destiny as well. At Jedward73 tweeted, Just walked into at Gardner's Books listening to This Week in Marvel on my iPhone to pick up another copy of AVX8. Hashtag nerd so hard. All right. Leave that on the table there. Ben, why don't you finish up with your buddy Tim? My buddy Tim at Ungage, who I know we've been pretty harsh on in past weeks, but... 
you know what? Tim Stevens is not a man to quit easily. Keeps writing in, and I appreciate that about him. I appreciate you, Tim. And his question, does Marvel.com have a list of comics that work with the AR app? Has it just been AVX and the recent Ultimate X-Men? We should probably have a list. I think I actually spoke to Judy Stevens, who runs all the AR stuff, of we're going to try to do more coverage of the AR, let you guys know what's going on. But to date, it has been every issue of Avengers is X-Men. There is one issue of AVX Versus the recent issues of Ultimate Comics X-Men, as well as Ultimate Comics Ultimate, so I think all the Divided We Fall issues are having them so far, and then also Captain Marvel number one at AR. So I believe that is the full list to date, and we'll try to keep you posted both here and on the site. Tim also agrees with at name taken underscore about how can Daredevil versus Psylocke be a draw, so this is what I've been screaming. I have no doubt he's been screaming. Who is he screaming at? Your, your young child? I think he's been screaming at his young daughter, Hope Summers Stevens, that I don't encourage that behavior, and we already covered this. Tim also says, agree that comics are meant to be read. Not sure they are meant to be messed up a bit to torture interns, though. I mean, it's a hot topic of debate. It's hey, a lot, Tim. A lot of people have gone every way on it. Tim, you're wrong. Anything can be used to torture interns. It certainly can be. And should, should be. Should, yes. Should be. Yes. Okay. We have finally, finishing up, final from Tim, final of the week. With the exception of Executioner's Song, is there one issue or arc that stands as your platonic ideal of a Marvel comic story? And there was a reply from Emily Brown, at Miss Brown to you, either the Mark Miller Marvel Knights, Spider-Man, or the first volume of New Avengers. So other than Executioner's Song, one issue or arc that stands out as a Marvel story. As a perfect Marvel story. There's Marvels, Marvels. is very much that. There's Amazing Spider-Man that number 33 that's the quintessential issue of spider-man willing himself to lift yes. off the machinery from mm-hmm. him you know he's got to do things for Aunt May. he's got to do things for his friends his family that's very marvel to me even though it's you know kind of stock answer i'll go and say amazing fantasy number 15 i think the origin of spider-man just the fact that the guy who screws up and then tries to make things right and it's a very human character that's kind of a very quintessential marvel story to me I feel like most of the platonic ideals of a Marvel comic story are going to come back to Spider-Man because in a lot of ways he really does represent what a Marvel comic story is. Not to say there's not Fantastic Four and Avengers and the X-Men stories, but when my mind goes there, it generally tends to go to like some of the really good Spider-Man stories I've read. There's also that Avengers story from the, I think it was the Buzik Karez run. Where they face Ultron. Uh, Ultron Unlimited. Ultron Unlimited. That's, that's up there's there There's that as one well. scene where the, the Avengers are all broken and battered, and then Thor's like, Ultron, I would have words with thee. That's a good one. It's like they've they've gone through everything. They yeah. are here. They are there to avenge. It's so badass. Yeah. So, you know, just Lots. a lot of stuff. Let's yeah. hear from you guys. Let's. What do you think is your platonic ideal? Only Tim Stevens would say the platonic ideal. Of yeah, Marvel get your Thomas science story. out of here, Tim. That is not science. That brings us to the end of our comments. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Again, you send us more comments and questions, as many as you possibly can. Blake wants to hit 150 questions and comments next week. So use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, and we'll be back with another episode. Thanks to everyone who listened and commented and enjoyed all the books and all the podcast stuff. Thanks to the interns. Thanks to Blake, to Ben, Stromy. And we'll catch you on the flip side. This is Marvel your universe.